With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. It's Monday. It's June 24th. And the word of the day is emunction which means the act of removing an obstruction from or cleaning bodily passages. Used in a sentence, I'm tired of everyone on this porn set calling me the cum wrangler. My business card <laughs> clearly says emunction specialist. Thank you. Or I feel like the lesson of this word is that the Romans needed a category that combined blowing their noses, wiping their asses, and unexpected piss forks all together. <laughs> Also, we kept that just in case. Yeah, right. In case we needed it, too. And we did. And we did. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, I am a hero. Okay. Another <laughs> Christian album burning is thwarted by Spotify not being flammable. <laughs> and Donald Trump celebrates Juneteenth by announcing his re-election campaign on one of the Juneteenths. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Uh, gentlemen, let's start things off with some haiku about 2019. What do you think? Oh, uh, uh, that's 575, right? 575, you got it. Okay, all right. Um... Men are all rapists. Hmm. I'd love to be wrong on that. Me too. Uh, me too. Right? <laughs> God damn it. It's <laughs> yeah, that's, so tragic. You, 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 what, you expected this to be uplifting? It's so... Ugh. All right, I, I got one. I got one. Um, first, they came for Steve. It's a detention camp, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve apologize. <laughs> 2019, everybody. There we go. We did it. In our lead story tonight, blah, 2019. <laughs> uh, also, for real, in our lead story tonight, it turns out we never paid out those 40 acres and a mule that got promised to the African-American community around oh, really? uh, the time of abolition. And now we have about 42 million people to pay back. Ooh. So... The United States owes the African-American community approximately uh, 1.7 billion acres of land <laughs> and about 42 million mules. Damn it. Plus a couple trillion dollars in back pay for wages that never got paid during a century plus of slavery. Plus a giant weeping apology. Eli's plus, got that one. I, I can do that one. You can, okay, um, a lot of Republicans can't. Um, plus, <laughs> damages and late fees for all the stuff I just mentioned, and uh, also for all the aggressive systemic racism that's been happening ever since. And uh, somebody just handed us that bar tab. Uh, again, we've been handed this tab so many times. <laughs> and as usual, we're having a panicky meltdown about it. Yeah, like... Reparations is a complex topic, and I'm not going to pretend to know what the answer is, but it's definitely not, no, you owe me an apology. <laughs> no, no, 
That's not it. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> we can take that one right off the <sighs> fucking list. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So the latest reminder about the small matter of our bill got raised by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee when she reintroduced House Resolution 40 on behalf of the African-American community. H.R. 40 calls for a commission to study the effects of slavery and racism over the course of U.S. history and come up with a plan to remedy those enormous problems. But uh, officially saying that out loud with a resolution was a terrifying idea for lots of members of Congress, uh, let alone the actual implementation of a feasible plan for reparations, which I'll grant will certainly be tricky to figure out, but it's going to be infinitely tricky if a bunch of terrified white guys in Congress won't even vote for discussing it. Right. That's what's happening now. I don't. Do we have a a SoundCloud rapper who could come in straighten this out for us? <laughs> we, oh, we we do. Yep. We do. Yep. Oh, good. Absolutely. Good. We do. <sighs> yeah. Like. Okay. So if you're ever wondering who the bad guys that know they're bad guys are, look for the people fighting against a bipartisan commission to study the issue and present their findings <laughs> to fucking Congress. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's no surprise that the group of Terrified white guys I was talking about includes Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The hell who, you say? Who pointed out that Barack Obama was president, so he really did. squaresies. We're all <laughs> tied now. Um, McConnell also thinks there should be a statute of limitations on enslavement that maxes out once the plantation owners are dead. Here's yeah. the exact words we got from McConnell. Quote, I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago, for whom none of us living are responsible, are a good idea, end quote. Which is pretty amazing considering that, like, Mitch McConnell, of all people, is, like, super responsible for yes! how hard it is to be yep. a black person. In this as country. much like, as anybody. Like, short of time-traveling slave owner, Mitch McConnell <laughs> is in second place. <laughs> well, and that's, Maybe and that's first. assuming... That he's not old enough to have owned slaves. Exactly. That seems like a lot more than we're obligated to grant that motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. So McConnell's statement, it's got so much ignorance in just the one sentence. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, First of all, does he think slavery was a thing that started and ended during 1869? (laughs) But more importantly, he seems to think that white bigots in power since abolition haven't been doing everything they can to maintain the status quo. Uh, I think somebody should remind Mitch McConnell that he exists. Right. (laughs) Um, Also, you don't have to be alive during slavery to benefit from a national economy that was created using the giant advantage of free labor. That obviously includes everyone descended from slave owners, but also just everyone with a little bit of money. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. Until we're giving all our money back to the banker as we're knocked out of the game, our ages do not factor into this shit. <laughs> Mitch McConnell just lying on a hammock of bones. What? I didn't kill these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not too difficult to pick apart the words of Mitch McConnell, but that doesn't mean it can't be elevated to an art form either, like it was by author and journalist ta Coates, one of the star voices at the hearing and the author of The Case for Reparations, a 2014 essay that reignited this entire discussion. 
Right, and Eli, you'll know him as the dude who wrote Black Panther since the 2016 reboot. Ooh, okay, that guy got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Coates heard McConnell's remarks, and he just chuckled to himself, just like, <laughs> wow, you stepped right on top of my red X. You're <laughs> stupid. I've never heard this argument yeah. before. Wait. <laughs> the game is afoot. And uh, Coates responded with a beautiful dismantling of everything contained and implied by McConnell. Here's one of the major highlights. The whole thing's beautiful, but here, here's a little piece for you. Quote, we grant that Mr. McConnell was not alive for Appomattox, but yeah, he so was he, alive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to be very clear when he says we, he's talking for himself. Yeah, exactly. We do not <laughs> sorry. You can get, you, go coaxies. ahead with your quote. I just want yeah. to be clear. I am not accepting that. <laughs> Continuing. But he was alive for the electrocution of George Stinney. He was alive for the blinding of Isaac Woodard. He was alive to witness kleptocracy in his native Alabama and a regime premised on electoral theft. Majority Leader McConnell cited civil rights legislation yesterday, as well he should, because he was alive to witness the harassment, jailing, and betrayal of those responsible for that legislation by a government sworn to protect them. He was alive for the redlining of Chicago and the looting of black homeowners of some $4 billion. Victims of that plunder are very much alive today. I'm sure they'd love a word with the majority leader. End quote. So good. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, right. Like, I mean, who would have thought a 77-year-old Alabama-born career Republican senator from Kentucky wouldn't be able to pull off the what is this racism of what you speak <laughs> excuse? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and and we should point out that the response to oh, God. Mr. Coates was a Quillette contributor and yes. uh. literal SoundCloud rapper to respond, <laughs> yep. um, I'm your black friend and I'm doing just fine. We had our very own president quit pitching. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. And uh just and for a the record. Holiday. Yep. And Clarence Thomas. It's more than even. You guys are ahead, actually. So you owe us some reparations, technically, if you, you want to just add it all apology. up. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And by the way, um, H.R. 40 was originally proposed in 1989 by former Congressman John Conyers, who reintroduced it every single year of his tenure until his retirement in 2017. But I guess all those years were too soon, so it never got passed. And it almost certainly won't get passed again this year. It definitely won't get passed through the Senate. But right. at least it's getting a bit more traction, and we're talking about it. So I guess you're welcome, victims of <laughs> slavery. We're talking about talking about maybe talking about it. Great. I and 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 keep in mind like that that like really exacerbates the fault with McConnell's you know none of us were alive then argument like yeah because you've been stolen for 150 years you <laughs> asshole yes exactly and he's sitting there going well but I just had the salad I really shouldn't have it. I don't, <laughs> don't drink make I don't drink Mitch alcohol. absolutely yeah, makes you split the check by item I have did you have a second <laughs> coke I don't think they do free refills here I think uh, you had a second one that's an iced coffee he has had that goddamn argument before different price than a regular like coffee. this week. Can I get a straw? No. No. <laughs> I brought one from home. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see it for a second. Lick yeah. your straw. <laughs> there Eat it. it is. Now it's inside me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little emunction with that motherfucker. And in handsome heroes news tonight. <laughs> 70 
incredibly good looking and incredibly brave people, very much like the ones that Mr. Coates was talking about in the not the same. Uh, previous it's so yep, it's so important like we, we make the distinction. Very not the much same. It's so like very them, important. Pretty much identical. If you different entirely. We, anyways, those people were arrested <laughs> outside of the New York Times building on Saturday in the largest direct action on climate change yet in New York City. Man, it's just good to know their services weren't needed, you know, doing actual physical things. We must be really nailing this climate change thing for them to have so much free time. These uh. incredibly good-looking heroes, uh, who are very mm. much like the civil rights leaders of nope. yesterday, uh-huh. they engaged no. in this fearless act of civil disobedience in protest of the New York Times' supposed coverage of climate change. Yep, and these... Beautiful people also recruited Eli Bosnick to be their sympathy mascot (laughs) because you wouldn't hit a white guy with glasses, would you? Who looks like a baby with a hangover. You wouldn't do that. (laughs) To be fair, fair, I was winning hearts and minds. Uh, Now, I should point out that literally all the media who covered this um, that I could find quoted the New York Times' opinion of the protest and, and not the opinion of Extinction Rebellion or the protesters themselves. So a, a quick word on why they chose. Oh, because this wasn't very well thought out. It was incredibly <laughs> well thought out. I cannot hear you. But yes, to answer the question you're probably thinking, the New York Times does by far the most climate change reporting. Yes, they are the only major newspaper with a climate change desk. But if you look at the actual reporting they put out on the subject, they kind of go out of their way to protect corporate interests. I mean, they dedicate multiple articles to like, should you fly for climate change or are farmers markets actually good for climate change? But they tend to miss and bury subjects like, holy shit, China makes up a ton of the pollution. They tend not to (laughs) hit that part. Uh, also, just for the record, holy shit, the United States makes up a ton of the pollution. They do. Also. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. And Busted. in terms of per capita, the U.S. is actually way above China, right we near win, the top. USA. Yeah. USA. Right. Um, right near the top, honestly, along with Canada and Australia, which I wouldn't have expected necessarily. But unlike Canada and Australia, here in the U.S., we have a major political party, one of the two in power that thinks carbon dioxide is a goddamn Ponzi scheme. So, yeah. yeah, the GOP needs to be canceled. That that just needs to happen. L- let's, uh, what if we send a petition to Netflix? Uh, See spoilers. How <laughs> spoilers. Pin in that for later. <laughs> also, by the way, also unlike China, our fourth largest newspaper has a climate change desk. So Duh. there's that. Yeah, that's, fire. that's a good yeah. thing. It is a good thing. And you want them to continue to do those things. And look. I, I just want to say there's going to be a lot of naysayers or people who, who don't know who say like, hey, this doesn't work. You're just bugging people, you hippie. I promise I won't call you a hippie. Yeah, either. and it, it's just <laughs> super duper important, all jokes aside, to acknowledge that the people who tell you that civil action and direct action don't work are mathematically wrong. Like, yes, people were inconvenienced for tens of minutes, but because of this protest, And thanks to doing exactly this in London, Extinction Rebellion has put in place climate austerity, a citizen's commission has been formed to put into place climate change policy, and all it takes is 3.5% of the population engaging in peaceful civil disobedience to make these changes. 
It, it also helps if you're more articulate than the people that you're protesting. Well, there's nothing I can do about that, <laughs> Noah. I can't sit somewhere until I'm smarter. So, um, <laughs> Library, maybe? I feel like that would be just the top of my head. <laughs> Don't know what that is. Uh, seriously, all joking aside, it was a tremendous amount of fun. I'm going to tell the scathing patrons all my stories from it. And you should find a local group that engages in direct action and participate because you get a free sandwich. Wait. Wait, they had vegan sandwiches? No, but they let me keep my cliff bars, so. Right. Did did you cry till they did that? Yeah, you cried till they did that. He cried till he they did. He definitely cried. And if you want to do stuff and know <laughs> things, you might be into this week's sponsor, The Great Courses. Hi. I'm No Illusions, and I'm an uneducated yokel that has smart friends that went to real colleges that you've heard of. I went to NYU. You did, uh, and I went to a better school than that. Mine was more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't. I mean, it was, like six years later, it was, but like year for year, mine wasn't. Oh, okay. Better value. <laughs> and we yeah. both ended up podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all three of us did. Mine was free. But for years... I got through by liberal applications of phrases like phase change, steering the conversations towards that one book I'd read by a French guy, and agreeing with things I didn't remotely understand. But then, I found The Great Courses Plus. Look, there's a sense of pride that comes with being able to talk confidently and intelligently about a subject. Or at least, that's the way Noah makes it sound. I'm not, I haven't <laughs> no, tried yeah, it. There yeah. is. And The Great Courses has hundreds of subjects to choose from. They have in-depth courses that go beyond the basics to give you a real workable understanding of the topic. You get unlimited access to thousands of lectures on any topic that takes your interest. Like, right now I'm listening to an introduction to formal logic because literally the entire earth is about to explode because we suck at epistemology. It's my mm. 63rd lecture series and there are still dozens of exciting topics that I haven't even touched. And for a limited time, The Great Courses Plus is offering our listeners an entire month free. They know that once you get a taste, you'll realize it's worth continuing your membership. But to start your free month, you have to sign up today using our special URL. Sign up now at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses Plus, because I'm eternally tormented by how much stuff I will die not knowing yet. And we're back, and during the ad break, we did not go to war with Iran. Checking. I think. Let's I check again. Checking. Of, yeah, wait. No. Don't, yeah, don't hold me to this. Like, as of this record, <laughs> I believe the most recent headline is that John Bolton is waving a Tomahawk missile a few millimeters away from Hassan Rouhani's face and saying, not bombing you, not bombing you. <laughs> so <laughs> who the hell knows where things will stand by the time this is released, let alone by the time you get around to listening to it. But in this moment that is captured by this record, <laughs> we are not at war with Iran. I'll turn this car around right now and bomb Iran. That's that's our foreign policy right now. It right really that's, that's is, dude. what we're doing. Everybody get ready for World War II for flinching. <laughs> so d despite repeated assurances from both nations that neither of them want a war we keep inching ever closer to one because one side is evil and the other is dumb um, and also evil okay well actually they're both 
dumb too. Also, <laughs> our side is led by John Bolton, who has to secure a war with Iran because that fucking Harry Leach alien won't give him back his face until he does, <laughs> apparently. Which is why we stand on the precipice of a war that nobody wants, predicated on demands that no one can articulate with no off-ramp but armed conflict. <sighs> Meanwhile, we've we've lied and fucked our allies so much at this point that even when we show video evidence of Iran sabotaging their stuff, they're like yeah, but how do we know that isn't Donald Trump Jr. and the Blackwater guy in brown face? And and that's just healthy skepticism at this point. I don't know it isn't that. <laughs> Doodly do. Doodly do. No. Doodly. No. Absolutely not. What did we say? No. No blackface, even ironically. Exactly. It's on the fucking whiteboard. Of course, the big uptick in tension last week came on Thursday when Iran shot down an unarmed U.S. drone that they claimed had violated Iranian airspace. Um, Now, initially, Trump responded to this provocation with some bellicose tweets, but then he backed down in a later press briefing where he claimed that it was a rogue element within the Iranian regime that shot down the drone, which... No, it's not. No, that's not even the excuse that Iran is using, right? They admit they shot the fucking thing down. So not only does he not believe Iran, he doesn't believe anybody. He just made up a different reality as he went. He's so stupid. Oh, my well, God. Uh, that being said, though, I think we've all been rooting for Donald Trump to... Uh, Go ahead and get cocked and loaded as soon as possible. Uh, (laughs) At least 16 of us have, Heath. At least 16 (laughs) of us. (laughs) All right. But as we only later learned, uh, this came after this this walk back came after he came within hours and by some accounts minutes of starting a full-fledged war with Iran by ordering a strike that would lead to an estimated 150 Iranian casualties. But after weighing this option all afternoon and leading everyone to believe the operation was go, he finally finished subtracting the zero casualties from the drone thing from the 150 from his operation on his abacus, and he realized 150 was the more, so he called it <laughs> off. Honestly, if Donald Trump can use an abacus without trying to eat the Fruit Loops, I'll vote for him next year. I swear <laughs> to God. Two legal U.S. votes, Donald. Safest bet I've ever made. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might be the quickest way to end his presidency, too. All right. So Tastes like wood fruit. <laughs> yeah. So the latest escalation, breaking sometime between when I started writing this story and when I finished, was Trump's announcement of even more sanctions on the already heavily sanctioned nation. Like, I feel like at this point... The only thing left to sanction would be sanctions, right? Like, so you can't (laughs) add more without taking them away now. But yeah, keep depriving their population of aspirin. I'm sure it'll work eventually. But no, the key is we're technically not quite at war. So hooray. Trump 2020, technically not quite at war yet. So hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got to credit us if you use that, Donald. (laughs) And next up in headlines. The state of Virginia got a stern talking to last week after asking the Supreme Court, do we really have to let black people have votes that count? (laughs) That happened. And by stern talking to, I mean the highest court in the land spent time thinking about that question and just barely decided that, yes, Virginia has to let black people have votes that count. Narrowest possible margin. Yeah. Yep. And um, this is just like a district court had already ruled twice in 2014 and then again in 2015. And also just like we decided as a country in uh, 1868. (laughs) 
That final vote was five to four. Last week in 2019, the mm-hmm. vote was five to four on that. Yeah, right. Yeah, nobody tell Mitch McConnell that fucks up all his rejoinders. <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind, this is a Supreme Court that has made it perfectly clear it's okay to divide people up by political party. So right. the Supreme Court was like, yeah, uh, Virginia, all you got to do is say Democrat instead of black people, and you're totally fine. You can do this as much as you want. And then Virginia was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That really happened. Yeah. So here's the background. Following the 2010 census, Virginia's Republican majority in the legislature realized the political tides were turning in their longtime red state. And therefore, democracy was kind of fucking up their plan. So (laughs) they drew a district map with democracy for 89 majority white districts. And uh, they also drew 11 other districts. All of which had at least 55% of eligible voters being African-American. Just for context, about 20% of people in Virginia are African-American. Okay, okay, but wait a minute. But 20% of 100 districts would be... (laughs) Who the hell's been eating my Fruit Loops? (laughs) Hey, how about this? Spit it out. If your district map looks like the plans of a racist mass shooter, it's illegal. That's my new well, there, There's one. <laughs> or how about we just use the entirely objective and mathematically certain measurement they provided for Anthony Kennedy when he said if there was an entirely objective and mathematically certain measurement, he'd vote to make democracy the law. Fucking coward. Squared. Coward. Oh, I'm going to yeah. retire. Ugh. So in 2013... A lawsuit about the obvious gerrymandering was filed by, you know, people who support voting rights for minorities. And um, the other team was the Republican Party, just to be clear. And uh, the good guys actually won, with the state being ordered to redraw their voting map in 2014. Then the bad guys appealed, and the Supreme Court remanded the case back to the lower court, asking them to double-check the overt racism. And the lower court was like... Okay, uh, yup, still super racist. Great. (laughs) Then the bad guys spent another couple years throwing tantrums to delay the new map they had to draw, and eventually they just refused to do it. So a panel of federal judges finally did it for them in 2016. At which point the Republicans stuffed the map into their mouths and said they didn't know where it was, so they should probably just use the old one. (laughs) That's it, gonna have to. Yeah, so the case was closed. No, it wasn't. Uh, Later in 2016, Virginia Republicans asked the Supreme Court to let them delay the non-racist map a bit longer. But the court refused, pointing out that bigots had already been cheating for six years. Uh, Well, plus the entire rest of U.S. history. So the case was actually finally closed. No, it wasn't. Republicans (laughs) somehow dragged this out into another three years of different cases and appeals. But the final result was one more confirmation that, yes, Virginia had to draw a map that's not gerrymandered. And once again, the state's GOP lawmakers just threw a tantrum and refused. So the federal district court decided to get all the way spiteful in the best way ever. And they sent in a political science professor from California to draft up Virginia's map. Just (laughs) right in their faces. It was the best. Just standing over the new one. A fucking square based on where people live. This is madness. (laughs) I 
I just hope this becomes a thing that courts do in general. Like, right, like the more times they appeal, the more frightening they make the guy. All right, one more appeal, and the professor's going to be gender fluid and have an emotional support animal. <laughs> oh, don't make us go back to court again. Oh, we we could get a lot done with that. They would be terrified of that one. And uh, yeah, that finally brings us to last week's decision. So the only remaining GOP majority in Virginia is their House of Delegates. And that majority is almost certain to get flipped over to blue if the California poli-sci professor's map gets implemented. So the House of Delegates used another one of the fucking 79 appeals you apparently get. I don't understand this. God, it's like challenging goals in soccer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, they asked the Supreme Court if they can pretty please re-gerrymander their voting districts. And again, the court voted just barely... Five to four to reject that. And apparently we needed to use a technicality, too. I I wanted the official opinion to just say, you know, stop being racist. That's it. But I guess that's not how it works. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the majority opinion and explained that one tiny majority in one house of the legislature can't just file lawsuits on behalf of the entire state, <laughs> most of which obviously disagrees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Okay, got it. Uh, y'all have an opinion not issued by a Jewess? We would like <laughs> one. <laughs> no, we no, don't. We do not suck it. We can have that California professor read it to you if that's helpful. I don't know where the Jewish opinion is. I need a new one. Oh, no. Turns out he's Jewish, too. We did that on purpose. Yeah. You're going to have to take the opinion from a Jewish person. And uh, just a quick note on the breakdown of the votes in the Supreme Court on this. RBG was joined by Kagan and Sotomayor, along with Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch. What? So, uh... What the fuck was Stephen Breyer doing? Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I'm sure there's a nerd answer that Andrew could explain, but still, this feels like one of those cases that should just be just come on, gavel. That's it. <laughs> right. We're done. Yeah, no, honestly, my haiku at the beginning was almost what's Breyer doing three times with a damn it in the middle somewhere? <laughs> yeah. And uh, one last detail this whole process is being handled by Virginia Governor. Ralph Northam. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he's a Democrat, which is theoretically helpful, but he's also the blackface guy. Yeah. Um, so Sorry, that's super vague. He's one of the prominent white guys recently caught wearing blackface. So not Ooh. great. Just Wait, That's right. One of the prominent Virginia politician white guys <laughs> recently caught wearing blackface. Yes. Yeah. Keep in mind that like this is the more progressive governor that they can get with the present districts. And he's a white guy in blackface. Okay. <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, but regardless, this issue is one of the biggest things we need to be yelling about. W- without gerrymandering and electoral colleges and other shenanigans to block one person, one vote democracy, the Republican Party and its current platform can't really exist. They'd have right. to become far more tolerable assholes. So, <laughs> hashtag goals. Let's get some <laughs> yeah, far more go. tolerable assholes. Republicans 2024, far more tolerable assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, guys, you got to credit us if you use it. And in Freedom Macht Frei news tonight, <laughs> we have concentration camps. Yep. Right now, <sighs> in this country, filled with people who came here for our help. And that's 
That's terrible, granted. Uh, but you know what's worse than concentration camps? People just calling them concentration camps. Willy nilly. <laughs> uh, but this week, luckily, we have finally addressed the issue of people calling the concentration camps what they are. We <laughs> yeah, really well, all well, right. We have to solve that one. Yeah, Kurt sure. uh, that's yeah. important. That's yeah. important. Somebody should really go down there and tell all the jailed kids about the terminology that we landed on. <laughs> I, I feel like they'll they'll be excited about that. Well, until they learn to concentrate, there will be no point. Yeah. Uh, so this particular uh, for kerfuffle got started this week when Congresswoman and Bay Alexandria <laughs> Ocasio-Cortez tweeted the following. Quote, the GOP has supported building mass concentration camps on the southern border. Kids and families are dying. Now they want money for more with zero negotiation of how that money is spent. We can't do that. They've shown that when they get more money, they build more camps. Hashtag close the camps, end quote. Um, and she said that in response to the horrifying and brutal conditions that are being reported from inside those camps along it's the disgusting. southern border. It's honestly disgusting. Yeah. Uh, to which, yeah. uh, you know, dozens of soulless assholes got got very mad that that she pointed out the concentration camps. That's what they're <laughs> mad about. Wow. Yeah. By the way, where the fuck is Christianity on this one? <laughs> right. Why isn't there a giant group of, uh, quote, good Christians doing sit-ins at every single one of these facilities? I thought, Ooh. I thought this was Ooh. America. I thought we were in America. Is this Ooh. not America? Think, the land oh, of the yeah, Christians? I think we might actually know the answer to this one. No. Okay. No so, one knows. So, guys, when you're fighting a semantic argument, like, and and you win if the other guy calls your thing an internment camp or or a concentration camp light, you're the bad guys. <laughs> yep. Right, like this is assumed knowledge in comic book movies. Yep. Uh, now look, you can <sighs> Google what is a concentration camp, or hell, just Google news concentration camp and then read dozens of experts tell you why, yes, what we have at the border are concentration camps. But as I've said elsewhere, there, there is something kind of beautiful about this argument because you see the reason people are mad about this is because they think concentration camp is death camp and no they're right we don't have death camps yet but you know when we do you can be sure that ben shapiro and megan mccain are gonna whip out their websters to defend them <laughs> yeah no right trump 2020 we don't have death camps yet yet yeah and uh, did none of those kids Die? I feel like maybe that might happen too. That yeah, I, I'm, seems I'm pretty like sure a, we've had more a, than one death. Yes. In them. So yeah, I mean, lots. it's not the same, but there are deaths. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Right. They're concentration camps with deaths. So we're on our way. How many deaths until we start calling these concentration <laughs> camps death camps? I bet Ben Shapiro has an opinion yep. on this that he'd be happy. That's a to graphic share. next to Tucker Carlson's head right now. I guarantee you. <laughs> oh, God. There's a little thermometer. Yep. And finally tonight. Very cold. <laughs> and putting the tit back in petition news, in a compelling reminder of how hard our job shouldn't be, Christians furious over the blasphemous new streaming series Good Omens <laughs> gather about 20,000 signatures <laughs> on a petition urging Netflix to cancel the series, <laughs> which is produced by Amazon and the BBC. This is the best. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so happy. So the petition claims the show, quote, mocks God's wisdom, end quote, yeah. presents devils and Satanists as normal and even good, end mm -hmm. quote. Though, to be clear, it's impossible that anyone involved in this has watched the show <laughs> because they don't even know where it is. 
We also demand that fucking Portugal gets canceled by South America. Yep. It's a ridiculous country. <laughs> Cancel that shit. Okay, I don't want to be Pollyanna, but we could get some good out of this, guys. What it? Okay, we just get the list of everyone who signed the petition, and then those people don't vote anymore. Boom, democracy just got better. It was a test. Certainly, they failed. Click. So, okay, so a little bit of context here. I haven't finished watching it yet, but Good Omens seems to be a series about the exposition for that series that still manages <laughs> to be weirdly good. Um, and it was born out of a literary collaboration between Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, which one can only assume was originally conceived to create like a, a Zeno's runner inability to get to the fucking point that would trap the main bad guy from a Doctor <laughs> Who episode in a time loop or something. Um, also, I'm pretty sure a gay angel is going to fuck a gay demon at some point. So I'm in. Okay. I'm in. So it's a... Uh... It's an accurate depiction of the Bible. Uh, I'm confused. <laughs> Why would this be controversial? That's the Bible. Is it because it's missing a long list of names? Will you stop being yes. mad if we put it? The credits at the end is Who technically a long. these motherfuckers anyway? Yes. We'll put the credits in the middle and make it the yeah, majority. <laughs> All right. Well, after the misguided effort went viral, I love this so much, Netflix decided to play along and released a statement agreeing not to produce any more episodes of this show they don't produce. <laughs> then, for their part in retaliation, Amazon responded by promising not to produce any more episodes of Stranger Things, which, to be fair, would be nearly indistinguishable from Netflix's current release schedule. I get it, guys. I get it. It's the only reason I'm still paying you 15 bucks a month, but get on with it. <laughs> Jesus. And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like... Andy, Stephen, Butterfly Blob, Paige, Don Ford, voice of fantasy and adventure. Hey, Don. Hello. Mark, John, Gustav, Matthew, and Thomas, whose beautiful dicks and vaginas. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio. Really? No, nope, didn't start the fire. There. Leave him there or he won't learn. Wow. Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Sudebaker. I'll keep doing it. I don't care. I'll do that whole fucking song. Name a lyric. God damn it. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Nah, concentration camp. The Great Courses Plus, because I'm eternally tormented by how much stuff I will die not knowing yet. Wow. Right, I, like, I don't, that's not their slogan, but I feel like it should be. Yeah, that's like the least, I'm comforted by how much stuff I don't know. Every time I learn a thing, <laughs> I'm sad.
<laughs> I've never been like, hooray, knowledge. Never. Not once. Okay. Well, you. that's why I have to write the great courses ads, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you spend 55 grand a year on NYU. <laughs> Got all the way through that two hundred grand. They didn't get me no goddamn knowledge. None. <laughs> God, none. I got some I later. Can do a it was pigeon awful. voice. I can do a pigeon voice and roll around on a stick. I can't. I wasn't good enough at the pigeon voice. I failed. I learned that I wasn't good enough to pigeon, and that was the greatest <laughs> well, no, lesson of all. That's yes, That's knowledge worth fifty-five grand. <laughs> Ever tell you about when I introduced a uh, much younger coworker to Bob Dylan? Uh no. Back in the Napster days, you know, when if you had a fast computer, you could rip like 400 songs a day. And if you had a slow one, you could get like three. Oh, glory days. Yeah. And so everybody who knew a guy who had a fast computer would come to him with a list of songs and say, hey, could you burn these on a CD for me? So one of the songs that I wanted was Bob Dylan doing You Belong to Me. Mm -hmm. So he comes back with that song and he's like, I'm sure this isn't what you wanted. And I'm like, is it You Belong to Me by... Uh, Bob Dylan and he's like yes and he's I'm like that's what I want he's like it's messed up or corrupted or something I'm, nope nope it's supposed <laughs> to sound like that it's that's what he was going for man I know that's hard to believe <laughs> I know it's hard to believe for all of the songs where he is the vocalist he's, which is all of yes, them yes yes he comes back to me after like a week and a half and he's like, he's like you know I was wondering like I was like all right for anybody to listen to him even though he sounds like that he must be amazing so he comes back as a huge Dylan fan like two weeks later. Yeah. He's like, I've listened to everything he's done. I get it now. <laughs> Do you, when I was a kid, my parents put on Dylan um, and, and they were like, yeah, this is this is uh, Bob Dylan. Or no, they didn't tell me who it was. They just put it on. They go, what do you think of this? And I go, he sounds like a dried up old has been. Um, yep. And that's been a favorite so like story in my family for a while. But I just like to point out that like five year old Eli was right. Yeah, well, no, I do. I saw Bob Dylan live one time, and I feel like if you had told him halfway through that show that this was not a studio record and there was a live audience in front of him, he would have had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was, it was like once or twice he would get up from the piano and go talk to the bassist or something and bitch at him, but that was the only interaction he had with anyone in that entire show. Hang on. Shut up, no, no, no. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC, copyright 2019, all rights reserved.